Sunday before I, I come and preach, uh, my wife lays a hand on me and prays over me before I come up. And uh, I receive it. I long for it. We once a month like to, um, here at Flint City, offer time for people to come forward and be prayed for. We believe there's power in someone laying a hand upon you and praying over your life. Um, in the scripture, one of the calls is anyone among you sick, let them call the elders of the church. They will lay hands on you and pray over you. So we believe in the value being prayed over. And my wife prays over me every single Sunday. Last Sunday, I didn't have that prayer of blessing over my life. Um, I, I, the Lord's with me. I'm not saying it's... But Angie went to Chicago for, the, for a few days. And so I had to run Sunday without her. Like, so the kids ran with me on my big long haul. And I, after we got back, I couldn't do my Sunday nap because the kids need to be raised. Things, you know, that's... that's you just like, go... Take care of yourselves, and I'm going to sleep. Like, like, yeah, make sure they're alive and stuff. Um, so Sunday, Monday, I had the kids. And uh, in, our, in our married life, um, Angie's only left a few times. Like, since we've been married and had children, Angie's only left us overnight four times. Thank you, babe. Um, <laughs> they're getting older now. So she left, and after church, the kids went and played with a buddy, and I was home alone. No wife, no kids. Just me in a house, and I thought, you know what? When I was a uh, when I was a younger man, I used to think to myself, well, even today I I, I talk this way. I'll say things like, I need a day off so that I can give some time to my kids, or give some time to my. I talk that way. I'll give time to Angie, give time to the kids. So all of a sudden, I used to always talk like, I need to rest so that the kids get a piece of me, so my wife gets a piece of me. Well, there was no wife or kids. It was just me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go ahead and catch, get, catch up on the week and get ahead of next week. It'll be awesome. So I want to do some work. I try to reach into, like, into myself and get that engine cranked, and it wouldn't crank. If I have an old car in the winter, it just wouldn't start. It just, I couldn't find energy, couldn't find motivation because I was really tired. And I realized... Man, I don't rest for Angie. I don't rest for the kids. I need to rest for me. I get tired. I wear myself out on the wheels of living, and sometimes I got to stop. That's not because I'm weak, because I'm a person just like you. When God made the world, he built into this world rhythm. God intended us to need downtime. Rest is not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of laziness. The God of heaven and earth designed every one of us needing rhythms of rest in our lives. Today I have a message called Rhythms of Rest. And I want to talk about how we can go the distance as people and not burn out not crash. I meet so many people who are in their 30s and 40s have mental breakdowns. They're running so hard, doing so much, their bodies literally just cannot function at that speed anymore. 
And something will give over time. Your will, your body might fail before your will does. I was once, I once was trying to carry 20 people in the air. It's a long story. And I had the will to never fall, and my knee blew out. My body gave up before my thinking will did. It happens. But God, in his wisdom, built into the world rhythms of rest. I want to share them with you this day. I live by them. Now, I've not been perfect. My wife will laugh. I, but I'm learning to live by God's rhythms. In Exodus 23, you find three different rhythms of rest that we all need. The first rhythm of rest is the weekly rhythm of rest. Listen to what he says. 23, verse 12. Six days you shall do your work. On the seventh day you shall rest. That your ox and your donkey may have rest. If you go through chapters backwards, Exodus 20, I go to the stinking fourth commandment. Listen to this. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. You, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, the sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. First rhythm of rest is very simple. You, you need to rest one day out of every seven. That's the first rhythm of rest. Rest one day out of every seven. God built it into it. When he made the world, when God himself spoke creation into existence, six days he labored. On the seventh, he did not rest because he was tired like, oh, man. Chicago was a tough one to build. You know, he, he wasn't all wiped out. God rested for a few minutes. He rested, one, to model for us healthy living. He also rested to enjoy the good thing he made. To walk in the garden in the cool of the day. He made everything and it was good. He wanted to enjoy the good thing he made. It's like mowing the lawn, getting done, and sitting in the backyard like, I did this. It's a good feeling. I, I'm satisfied with the work of my hands. And God says, because I rest, I'm telling you, in the Ten Commandments, don't murder people, don't steal from people, don't lie to people, don't cheat on your wife, and rest. One day a week, you put down the plow, you put down whatever work you carry, and you rest in the Lord. Now, all our work is different. Your work might be swinging a hammer, might be keeping a house, Whatever your work looks like, you've got to try to find one day a week to throttle that down and find some rest in your life. If God can do it, you can do it. The world will not cease to spin if you stop spinning it. The world can survive without your hands on the steering wheel. It can For many people, Sunday is a great Sabbath day. For many people, Sunday is a great day to rest. Because many people, you wake up on Sunday, you come to church, 
and you get to be under the word of God, you get to see the people of God, sing praises, and you leave church and you have the whole day. It's a day of rest. Because our day of rest must include reorienting ourselves back to heaven. I worked all week, heard a million dirty jokes, cussed at 14 guys on the road. I got to remember who I am and whose I am, you know? So I got to get my, I come to church to remember, man, I belong to Jesus. Sorry, Lord. I mean, we just, come, we just remember who we are. So for many people, Sunday is a great Sabbath day. And the early Christians, you know why they, you know why they make Sunday their Sabbath day? You know why? Because it used to be Saturday was the Jewish Sabbath. Christians moved to Sunday. Anyone know why? Not the beginning of the week. Resurrection. The Christians said, our Savior rose on Sunday. Let's rest on Sundays. And they made Sunday their day of worship. Sunday became for Christians the Sabbath day. Now, for me, Sunday's not my Sabbath. There's an old joke they tell of pastors. Being a pastor was awesome because you guys work one day a week. You ever heard that joke? Bunch of jerks, dude. Uh, <laughs> listen, on Sunday, I leave my house at 8 a.m. Don't get home till 2. Sunday is a long haul. I come home, I walk into the house, and I am spent. Every, all the shit I have in the world is gone. I don't rest on Sunday. I, for me, Sunday, I give all the Lord has given me, I give it out to God's people. My day of rest is on Monday. If you call me on Monday, I ain't going to answer. I'm sorry. I love you. My phone's upstairs on the, sinking, on the end table by the bed, and I'm downstairs walking the dog, playing baseball with the kids in the front yard, taking a nap, chopping wood outside in the winter. Because for me, chopping wood, I like it. Like, I, don't get, I, I work with my mind most of the week, you know? I work with my mind and my spirit. So on, on Monday, I go out and chop wood, wear my big old coat, feel like a man with an axe. I love it. Star of my own movie, Ernesto the Man, <laughs> part 14. Uh, but um, uh, that's, what, that's what I do on my day of rest. We all, so Sunday's a great day of rest, but if Sunday doesn't work for you, pick a Monday. Or a, you, but just got, the point is you have to have in your life a rhythm of one day out of seven, you're just kind of saying, I'm not working this day. Now, this is tough. Not, resting does not mean doing nothing. Because if, like, if, if you have young kids, they still need to be fed. You know what I'm saying? On my, my, my wife's day of rest, you know what we try to do? We usually either eat out on Angie's day of rest or do leftovers. So she doesn't cook and do dishes. Because I want Mama Bear to have rest too. I won't tell you her day of rest because I want you guys to think like, oh, she's not busy that day. I'm going to tell you what her day of rest is. But, um, but we have in our lives, we've set up this rhythm because here's the reality. If we don't take a day to rest, we are going to burn ourselves out. There's a famous story out of Calcutta, India. Mother Teresa, she, uh, the, the mother's um, sisters of charity in Calcutta, they work with the lepers and the prostitutes and the people that were just are poor in the streets. And a new nun came to the charity and saw that all the nuns rested on Thursday. And this new nun was like, we can't rest. People are dying out there. How can we slow down and not work on Thursday? There's so much need. And Mother Teresa wisely told this new nun. She's like, they were here before we got here. They'll be here after we leave. If we burn ourselves out, we'll be no good for anyone. 
They put their, they put their work down on Thursday, and as a people, they rested. It's a good thing to rest. Once a week, we all need it. I'll tell you this. We'll get that in a little bit. So the first rhythm is a very simple rhythm. Once a week, you need a day. If something happens, you miss your day, find a different day. We need to rest. It's good for our soul, our spirit, our perspective. I know I'm moving too fast. Personally, I can tell when my life is out of control. A few things in my life. If my desk gets messy, I'm running too fast. If my car gets messy, I'm moving too fast. If, I, if me and Angie aren't talking about stuff, I realize I'm moving too fast. And usually when I'm moving too fast, I'm not practicing weekly Sabbath. I'm running so fast and so hard, there's no room for God or relationships or rest in my life. Once a week, I give you permission. I invite you to do things God's way, a good way of living, rest one day out of seven. Now, that's a command from the Lord. This next one is an observation, one that I have put in my life that has helped me tremendously. And it's based on how, what God gave to his nation, the Jewish people. When God gave the law, God built in to the nation of Israel he built in feasts, and there's three of them. You find it in Exodus 23, and you find it in um, verse 14. Three times in the year, you shall keep a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. Then he says the feast of the harvest and the feast of ingathering. Three feasts a year. Each of these feasts lasts a week long. The first fast, the first feast, unleavened bread, we call it Passover. It's celebrating Israel being freed from slavery in Egypt. Remember that in Exodus early on? And on that week, they eat, no un they eat only unleavened bread, bread with no yeast, because they remember when we left Egypt, we had no time to bake bread. We had to just make it quick and eat it like, you know, saltine style. So at once a year, they have Passover. Fifty days later, the Greeks call it Pentecost, 50 days after. Uh, also called the Feast of the First Fruits, the Feast of the Harvest. And this feast was, again, a Feast of Harvest. Then after that, you had the Day of Atonement, Feast of Gathering, where you would, the whole nation would bring a sacrifice into the Holy of Holies and it would be killed for the sins of humanity. Now, what's crazy are these three feasts that God built into? So three times a year, Israel stopped what they were doing and had these celebrations, these week-long festivals. And there's one in the spring, there's one in the summer, and there's one in the fall. So every single season of their life, they had to stop and had a week, they put the plow down. Because Israel were farmers, they, were, they lived off the land, they, they had you know, animals and stuff. One week out of every season they would stop and they would have family celebrations they would go worship in the temple of god and so my personal life 
I look at what God did there, I'm like, man, God is so smart. He gave his people one week out of every season to chill out. A little bit of a vacation. So here's application off this. So rest one day out of seven, I'd encourage you. Try to rest one week out of every season. We run hard as people. You might not be able to do a whole week. Do a weekend. And you don't got to go to stinking Florida or Vegas. Dude, during COVID, my wife and I did a staycation, and we didn't go anywhere. Well, actually, we, we, we drove to, like, the mall one day. Oh, Novi, watch out. What we did, though, our, our, our staycation, our only goal was this. We ate out every night. Angie was pumped because no dishes for Angie. So ate out every night, did a few fun things with the kids, spent like 200 bucks, you know. We just wanted a week of no work, us together as a family, and it was great. And you know what? We all need that, to reconnect with one another. And you know what? During that week, I, re- I reorganized my garage, which like, that sounds like work, Pastor Nesto. Listen, I enjoy doing it. Out there by myself, the radio blasting Jackson Brown, hanging up tools on my new corkboard I put up. I loved it. I, every, time I pull, every time I pull my garage down, I'm like, my garage is sweet, and I just feel good about myself. You might, on your staycation, whatever you do, you might sneak in, redo a closet, or reorganize the shoes. I don't know. I'm just saying, we need rhythms of rest in our life, and God gave the people of Israel. He gave them, in their calendar, moments of time to stop to reconnect, to worship the Lord. It may be wise for us to follow suit. In my personal life, during a year, I do three, usually rest, rests in a year. One of them is a me and Angie rest. Husband and wife reconnect. I love you, baby. I love you, too. One rest is going to be usually a family rest. It's like, okay, kids, here's a fun thing. I love you. I don't know. Uh, remember, I did this for you. But <laughs> I'm just kept saying something fun, man. I don't know. And then one week a year, I historically do a prayer retreat where I go and be with the Lord for a week. Now, for you, you might, need to, you might decide, you know, I'm going to go on a men's retreat or a women's retreat or a couple's retreat for a week, just to draw near to Jesus. That's a good thing to do. You know, that, that's, some of you may have to go, sounds lame. Listen, I love going to a conference where I get a center to God's word and sing for a week. For me, it refills my cup, yo. I don't do it all the time, but maybe once a year, oh, man, I come home. Listen, I always go to those retreats. I'm all like hard-hearted, like, man, retreats are stupid. Preachers are stupid. I'm all like, I'm in a bad mood. Usually in the first session, like the hard walls fall down, I start crying right away. And the week usually lays me low, I come home all soft and spongy, it's great. Like I come home all like, man, God's so good, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I need to sometimes stop and remember, I love Jesus. I need more than a day, I sometimes need, need a few days to get my head on right when we were kids, it was summer camp. Remember that? Once you would go away to summer camp, and the last day everyone comes forward crying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, God. And a week later, you're like, oh, I'm back being stupid. Um, but uh, 
But we still need things in our life to remind us of what we really want to be. So listen, the Jews had these three festivals. Now, it's funny, they didn't have one in winter. Do you know why? Because in, in the Jewish winter, you didn't, like, the ground was dead. You didn't work. So you had automatic rest every winter. You had to, like, keep the animals alive and, like, do some basic maintenance. You went out there every day seeking, like, sowing or harvesting. So you didn't need the stinking resting in winter, but you needed it in the stinking spring, summer, and fall. I encourage you. One week. One day out of every week, rest. One week out of every season, rest. Be creative, be simple. My good friend, uh, John Marsh, works hard for a living. And last year, he decided to just drive the UP. And just draw, he told me about it, and I was like, I, was, I, I, I wasn't even jealous. Like, I know sometimes you get like, must be nice to be you. Don't be that way. Rejoice with those who rejoice. If God lets somebody rest, don't be like, I can't rest, taking rocks. Be pumped that God gave someone a chance to recoup. So Johnny Marsh told me that I drove up to the Porcupine Mountains right there up there and just drove and saw the beauty of northern Michigan. And I was like, I'm going to do that someday. That sounds so awesome. It's just a simple, sweet, awesome time to just enjoy God's creation and just drive to hear good music. What a great, what a great way to rest. You do what you do. I don't know what you need for rest, but we all need some kind of rest. One week out of every season, I encourage you to try to rest. It might be a long weekend, maybe like a, take a Monday off, three days. Oh, man, I'm crazy. But I encourage you to do something to have a little bit of extra rest because life is long and hard. This last one's the craziest. Listen to this. Verse 10. Exodus 23.10, for six years you shall sow your land and gather in its yield, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. In the scriptures, there's something crazy you see in the nation of Israel. There's a, week, there's a weekly rest cycle, there's a seasonal rest cycle, then there's a seven-year cycle. Every seven years, Israel was commanded not to harvest their crops. Every year, they had one year, they didn't work the field. So every seventh year, it was a light year. They didn't go to war. They weren't out there sticking, pushing the oxen praying for rain, watching the weather. One year out of every seven, they kind of sat back and go, okay, God provides. This is awesome. It's called the Sabbath year. On the Sabbath year, a lot of great things happen. On the Sabbath year, debts were forgiven. On the Sabbath year, your animals rested. The land rested. Because land needs to rest. You heard of the Great Depression? You ever heard of the Great Depression in American history? The Dust Bowl, you know what we did? We over-stinking, we over-harvested and killed nutrients of the land, and it turned into dust and, like, wiped out the stinking, the, the green bowl. What do we call that thing? The bread bowl? The... In Kansas, there's all that grow crops out there. They call it something. Uh, someone knows. The bread basket? They call it America, where they grow stuff in Iowa and stuff, the corn. 
We killed it all. I'm saying we killed Iowa, okay? The Great Depression. We killed all that. And we overtaxed it. And God told us to do that. God said, let the land rest. Let the animals rest. And let yourself rest one year out of every seven. Now, <laughs> we're not agrarian people. We don't have crops. I, none of us have oxen. I don't think. Some of us have chickens. No oxen in the room. I can't just not work every seven years. That would be awesome. Every seven years, is like, this is my year. I don't go to work anymore. That would be, it, it sounds great, but we, we can't do that, right? So, what my wife and I have done in our lives, we have tried every decade to have a long rest. Because we, we run hard. And so the way we've done it in our marriage is every 10 years, we do a anniversary trip. And it's more, it's not a five-day thing. It's like a two-week animal. Our 20-year anniversary is in like two years. Yeah, two years. You know. <laughs> okay. On our 20th, we plan to do a trip. We plan to go somewhere together and see beautiful things, spend time together, and take an extended moment of rest and reflection God, what are you doing? Where are you leading us? What's the next phase of life? Because we need it. Because in the middle of normal life, when you're running 100 miles an hour, that's what you're not doing. When you're so busy in the system, it's hard to work on the system. You understand? Getting outside and going, what are we doing? What's working? What's not? How are we? Are we going in that direction? What's God saying to you? What's God saying to me? We talk about the future. We re we, we've got our, our, our dreams of the physics. Like, are we still going this way? How are we doing it? it just, it's great. You don't got to be married to do this. But I, this, this is, again, this is not a command from God. This is just a, a piece of wisdom from your pastor. I encourage you. Take a greater rest. Maybe every decade. Just try to do a longer thing. I, that sounds hard for many of us. Like, Pastor, I don't make good money. I don't make, I'm not a rich person. None of us are here. Listen, we're all Flintstones, right? We all, we're Genesee County. None of us are sitting pulling up and sticking Mercedes upstairs. I, mean, I don't think there are. There are. What's up? <laughs> My birthday was last week, yo. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you put money aside. Like God told Israel. They said, Israel said, God, a Sabbath year? I can't do that. God said, listen, I'm going to give you such a bountiful blessing in year six. You'll have what you need for year seven. I'll take care of it. And in our married life, even when we, listen, we started off in ministry together, we were not financially strong, but God gave us enough for our first anniversary, our first 10 year, we were able to go away, and God used that mightily in our lives. We prayed. That was and a lot happened after that. Now, I've encouraged rhythms of rest. I've encouraged you to rest once a week. I've encouraged you to rest once a season. I've encouraged you to rest once a decade. But let me say this one last thing. If you want the rhythm of rest to work in your life, it assumes something. It assumes you're working. 
Work and then rest. Work makes rest sweet. No work. I'm just really lazy. There's nothing. Listen, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You don't got to swing a hammer to be a worker. We all have different work. If we retire, we still have work. We still have gifts and life to give. Some of you, your work might be managing a home or raising a child. This, this, this week, we had a funeral here, and we had to take this whole building down. And I forgot to come here yesterday to reset it up. I forgot. I said I was going to do it, but I had a heart attack phone call. I had the random dogs to take care of. I just forgot. John called me last night. So the, the building ready? I was like, oh, no, dude, it, I forgot. So he came in real early and set it all up because he was afraid it was all just nothing. Everything was gone. And he got here, and it was mysteriously all set up. Like the chairs were all right, the, the wall, the coffee, the table. It was all set up. Because one of our brothers in Christ, who's retired, comes here every weekend to clean prepare this place for everyone that comes. Even though he's retired, he's like, I still, I have strength, I have life, I want to use it for other people, to serve others, love others. We also have work to do. I don't care how old or young you think you are, we all have work to do. And that work we do, I encourage you to work hard for the Lord. Listen, I run hard. Angie, I work hard. I fight to be home three nights a week, don't I? Three nights a week, I try to be home. Three nights, that's it. I want to do it with my family three nights a week. And some weeks, I don't make it. But I try. I love doing God's work. But I, if I don't rest, I'm going to burn myself out and be no good to nobody. I, I encourage you to work hard. Working hard is a good thing. Giving, giving yourself something greater than yourself is a good thing. But as you work hard for the Lord, we all must rest. And when you work hard, man, does it make rest sweeter. It just does. When, when you work hard and go home, how easy it is to go to sleep that night. You're all tired, stank. You're like, oh, you're, 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 you're bed so fast. So church, I encourage you. Rest is not a bad word. Rest is not a... Rest is not a lazy word. Rest is good. One day out of every seven, you have to rest. You have to. It's a command from the Lord. You need a Sabbath day. Some wisdom for your pastor. I encourage you, one week out of every season, take an extended rest. A long weekend, maybe a week. Rest. Enjoy the life God's given you. Enjoy family. Enjoy friends. Enjoy, do a hobby, garden, whatever you got to do, do. And I would encourage you, maybe once every decade, 
take, say, you know what, I'm going to really just look at my life and say, God, where have you brought me, where are you bringing me, and just evaluate what, what is happening right now. Take a two or longer moment to rest and really just dive down to what God has for your life. It can be life-changing. I encourage you, my friends, rest. I'll end by saying this. If you truly want to know good rest, you're going to have to learn how to say no. That's the hardest thing to do. Because there's a thousand good things in the world to do. People ask you, help me with this, this, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And before you know it, your whole week, your whole month, your whole season, your whole year, you've given it all away. And you're running, you're moving, and other people are deciding the fate of your life. That's a horrible place to be. If you want to have control of your life, you got to say no to people. Hey, can you go over and play board games tonight? Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. Why not? Oh, I've, been, I've been home all week. Oh, stinking. Got to ask your wife. Yes, actually, I do. At least I have one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> hey, you're going to come strong. I'm going to come strong back. Um, but <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dang it. Um, <laughs> but sometimes you say no to good things I want to do. I say no to. I said no to the need to breathe Switchfoot concert this weekend. I wanted to go so bad. But I looked at the week. It was really busy. Said no to it. I've said no to Tigers games and said no to football games that I wanted to go to. Look at my calendar. I'm like, I'm gone four days in a row. I got to be home. No. Sometimes you say no to good things to say yes to the best things. If you want to have a life of rhythm of rest, you got to say no sometimes. And no one likes being told no. And for you that are here, if you, ask, if you ask family to come over for like Thanksgiving, they can't. Don't guilt them or shame them. Give them some grace, man. Like, let's not be those mean, you must say yes to me people, okay? Let's not be those people. Let's, let's be nice to each other. Give each other grace to say no. Well, that's all I got. So let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get out of here. Father in heaven, we love you. We are, a lot of us in this room are really bad at resting. We live in a society that encourages busyness. We live in a world that praises an insane pace of life. But Lord, where's the room for pleasure and joy and laughter and friendship and sitting outside watching the birds smelling the roses throwing the ball with our niece or nephew, whatever it is, just look, there's got to be room for the good, the better things. Help us to rest every week and rest every season and rest throughout this life you've given, Lord. Thank you for the strength and thank you for the downtime. In Christ's name we ask these things. Amen.